0: Hey everyone, this is Aaron and Juwan, and you're listening to Wellness for Real People. This show is for people who are on the go, busy, and looking for ways to live their best lives. We focus on wellness topics in mindfulness, exercise, diet, and sleep, and share quick, actionable tactics to improve your health and wellness. We're not perfect, but we're trying to get a little better each day. Let's grow on this journey together. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Wellness for Real People. I'm Aaron. We have Jawan here, and we're excited to dive into a very relevant topic for many of us and we'll explain why in the article that so many of us may or may not realize that we're even in this in this state. And so the article today is from Harvard Health Publishing and it's around pre-diabetes. It's called pre-diabetes, a window of opportunity. The article is by Maureen Salomon. She's the executive editor at Harvard Women's Health Watch. And then it has contributions from several different doctors and MDs. So um, Dr. Tony Golan, Dr. Hope uh, Riosadi, and then uh, several other folks contributed towards the end of the article. But to dive into the topic itself, I think what we've noticed is that diabetes gets a lot of attention these days. And for for good reasons, it's a you know, it's one of the leading factors for cardiovascular disease and major health issues, early death, blindness, amp- amputation, and, and the list goes on and on. Um, you know, it's one thing that's really severe. And it over impacts and over indexes in certain populations, uh, especially like in my family. Um, it's it, it's a constant risk in a lot of folks uh, in my family. And it's a lot of it's based on just the way we grew up um, and the way we, we eat and kind of like execute and live our lives. And so, uh, but, but what the article really talks about is the precursor to diabetes called pre-diabetes. It doesn't get as much airtime or attention, but this stat stood out to me. One in, three mil, uh, one in three American adults, an estimated 96 million people, has pre-diabetes. This is characterized by blood sugar levels that are higher than the normal range, but don't quite reach the diabetes status. The vast majority of people don't even know they have it. And this is where the danger, but also the opportunity to change things is uh, where it lies, is according to the experts. So I thought that was huge, man. One in three uh, American adults. Uh, I know I recently went to the doctor and I'm like borderline on like the overweight scale. And so I've been thinking about this a lot where it's like, did I just, do I maybe heading and trending in that direction? And I don't know it. I'm like on the spectrum. I'm not there. But it's, you know, one of those things that I thought was like really interesting. And I know a lot of people um, are now in this phase of life. Once you get into your 30s and 40s, things have slowed down. Your weight's gone up. You're more sedentary because of your job or things that happened with COVID. And, and I think, man, it's like that number is is really big to me. And it's kind of scary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, no. That's a huge, huge point. One in three. Um, yeah, that's a that's a that's an epidemic. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, like you said, it's surprising that we don't talk about it more often uh, when it's so when it's so prevalent. And and in some degrees, I feel like there's something they just kind of made up, right? Like like mm. yeah, well, yeah, we're just gonna make it yeah, it's pre diabetes, right? And, yeah. and for a <laughs> really good reason, you know yes. what I mean? Like it's like if like you said, the article the title is "It's a window of opportunity," right? And so yes. if we could catch it in this time before it becomes full-blown diabetes. If we can make the right um, shifts and lifestyle changes, then, you know, we can prevent, you know, the, some of these negative side effects uh, and health outcomes in the future. And um, I think that's really, really liberating and really, really powerful. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to get into uh, into this discussion and learn more about it. And, um, you know, yeah, just try to amplify this, this message. Cause it's really, really important. Like you said, especially for our communities, you know, it definitely diabetes runs runs rampant in my, my family as well. And um, you know, my, you know, my, my wife's family as well. And so uh, something that's
0: definitely got my uh, full attention. For yep, sure. Totally. And I think one thing I loved about the article was uh, it it started talking about how you can identify risk factors and clues that lead to maybe you need to get checked out or maybe start really paying attention and making these lifestyle changes. And some of those risk factors are the ones that we talk about on the show all the time, but it's inactivity, family history, which we just talked about, and then your weight. So if you're in that spectrum of being overweight or obese, it's time to seriously pay attention to those. The other signs that were called out were persistent fatigue uh, and blurred vision. So once you actually cross the spectrum into diabetes, those things tend to be really significant and serious. But you can kind of see these minor spikes in in instances that may indicate that you're kind of heading in that direction. Um, One other thing they mentioned, too, is that uh, when you eat large meals, if you're experiencing repeated urination, Uh, You might also be seeing that you're kind of trending in that direction because of blood spikes uh, in your sugar or your blood sugar level is spiking and surging. It may be causing and triggering those reactions. And so um, they kind of finished the this thing by recommending three types of blood sugar tests, recommend you get screened for prediabetes and diabetes and uh, really trying to get tested every two to three years. Uh, if your prior results are normal, so you just kind of want to pay attention to how you feel. If you're gaining more weight, you're feeling a certain kind of way, you might want to get checked out sooner. But they do recommend regularly getting checked in, uh, checked in <laughs> for for your uh, blood levels, um, and then they test for a couple different things. They test for um, your blood glucose, your A one C, and your glucose tolerance. Um, in terms of like the tests that go on. I'm not not a medical professional. I'm not going to dive into those in specific, but it's definitely something that uh, we should definitely pay attention to and get checked out as often as possible. For sure, for sure. And then the next thing that really is something that we've talked about before is how crucial it is for frequent movement. And so one of the things that they really talk about in this article is just getting out and doing something, moving around, and making some lifestyle changes. So you're not just sitting all day uh, or or being sedentary all day. And there were a couple pieces of information here that I thought were really interesting uh, in this in this uh, study. So they were saying that uh, the researchers analyzed diabetes weight rates, uh, along with data from wearable fitness devices from 5,677 people, 75% were women. And the ones that took the daily step count that averaged, you know, that magical 10,000 number. So 10,700 at the study were 44% less likely to develop diabetes over the following four years compared with those who averaged only 6,000 steps per day. So when you see Just something as simple as walking can um, potentially have an impact of you're less likely to develop diabetes just by doing the bare minimum of, you know, getting out and walking around your house or outside your house can help with this. You know, like I think we often think of exercise as I want to look a certain way. I want to feel a certain way. But uh, one of the doctors, Dr. Romero said there's significant benefits that can't be measured by the scale. Not just in terms of preventing diabetes, but on your heart, your mood and many aspects of your overall health uh, that are not captured by a change in your weight. So we get obsessed with the scale and obsessed with our appearance, but it's bigger than that. It's way deeper than that in terms of just your overall long term longevity and health. And that's something that really stood out to me as uh, I got to get out and walk. (laughs) It's just as simple as that. Get out, walk, get those steps in um, at the bare minimum.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 really uh, amazing to see the impact of you know uh, what's that four thousand a little about four thousand extra steps yep. a day, right? That's that's makes you forty four percent less likely to develop diabetes, um, you know, that, like uh, according to this study, right? I mean that's compelling. Right. Because like you said, it's not like I got to get in my, get, you know, get into this special workout gear and get all this special equipment and get, you know, drive to the gym and they'll nope. go lift these heavy weights. I mean, that's fine. If you if you do that, that's a part of your routine. But it's like you said, it's just the simple things of just getting up, getting out of the chair, you know, and going for a walk. Right. Like we talk about this a lot. Right. You know, how many steps can I get in? You know, I can usually get in a good two three thousand steps if I just you know, I've started doing this uh, right after lunch and right after dinner, I just go for a walk, you know, around my block, uh, a couple blocks, or I go to the park, you know, close to, you know, a couple streets down. Right. And, and, um, you know the thing is is like motion creates emotion as I heard someone say one mm-hmm. time so mm-hmm. I'll I'll have a plan to go like one block right and then I'll be feeling so good like oh man this feels nice like I'm moving my body it's like okay I'll just go two you know and then I'm like oh wow well that's interesting you know? and then I'm like oh let me just go three before I know it you know I've you know you know I've gotten you know three four thousand steps in really easily um and so it's these little simple shifts that make a big difference um and I thought that's really 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 powerful powerful that I think that's something we all can do, just being a little bit more intentional, um, just moving, getting up and moving a little bit more every single day. And what a what a tremendous impact that can have on our health uh, and, and our overall um happiness and, and life. So I thought that was really powerful. Thanks for sharing.
0: Yeah. And then one last quick call out before we wrap things up on this call. Um, there there really was a, a section around diet as well too. And it's it's very complicated as they say in the article. Uh, But, you know, one of the things they called out is about just this factor of uh, eating desserts and sugar and things like that. And people think that, you know, oh, if I just drink diet sodas and all this other stuff, I'm fine and I'll be healthy. And, And if I just avoid cookies and cakes, everything will be fine. But, you know, it's really not just about the sugar, right? Like there's nothing wrong with eating a couple cookies or a piece of cake every now and then. Uh, it's about moderation and and control and and making sure that you're doing the right things on a day-to-day basis. Um, There's other things as well in terms of diet that can spike your sugar level. One of them is carbs. Um, So like just because you avoid sweets, but you eat a lot of bread and pasta and rice and things, those are also contributing to the problem as well, even if they don't inherently have like frosting and a lot of sugar and all this other stuff in them so it's just about being really concerned or considerate about your your diet and what you're eating Uh, we talked about Mediterranean diets on a previous episode uh, looking at kind of what works for you but finding ways to find balance eating more greens more fruits uh more natural foods and not so many processed foods I thought that was kind of like just a nice way to tie up the article because yes exercise is important Uh, But exercise alone isn't enough. We also have to consider the diet portion as well. Uh, So that was it for me. want anything else for signing off?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's really, really important. Um, You know, the, the diet piece of it. And like, like you mentioned, there's a lot to it we can't just cover it in this specific uh you know episode but maybe we'll have a nutritionist come on uh you know in the, you know, the show and kind of dive into this a little bit more i've actually been meeting with a nutritionist as of late to kind of help me really um you know uh thoughtfully uh, uh redesign my 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 diet and and um, it's been really really helpful i've been learning a lot through that process, like you mentioned, um, you know, sugar and, car- and, 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 and glucose is like a, a deep topic. There's simple, simple, you know, carbs and there's complex carbs. And, you know, it's like, it, there's, there's so much to it, um, that, uh, that, uh, we want to give the, the topic, uh, you know, proper, proper justice. But I do think it's important to bring up, um, this point that, you know, one thing I noticed is that there's, like you mentioned, okay, one of my vices is gummy bears. Okay. <laughs> Have know eaten gummy bears? I it's random. Yeah. But I've eaten gummy bears since I was a kid, and I just love—I don't know. There's something about them that's just nostalgic, that's, you know. Of it, that you know, the taste. Of it, I just love eating gummy bears, right? But I yeah. don't—that's just pure, you know, high fructose corn syrup, right? It's just not good at all for me. Right. And so what I've been trying to do, if I have a, that's my only kind of sweet, you know, uh, um, sweet tooth thing that really, you know, I'm not really big on cakes or anything like, you know, or pies or any, that, that big on it. Right. Like I don't need those things every uh, that often, but I do find myself going to the snack drawer and getting some gummy bears, you know, you know, quite often. And so one thing I, you know, what my you know, the nutritionist told me, which is a very simple thing is just like, if you got it, if you've got a craving to eat some sweet, just eat a piece of fruit, right. You'll still get that sweet, you know, uh, um, you know that sweet sweetness fix, but you know it'll be actually healthier for you because it has fiber and other you know mm-hmm. nutrients in it. You know, instead of just eating this, just pure you know pure pure sugar things. So that's one thing I've been trying to do: just having you know an apple, a plum, a pear, right? A, you know peach, um, um and, and and that's been really really helpful uh for me on, on 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 the sugar side of things. But also recognize that there's so many added sugar. There's so much added sugar in so many of the products that we buy. Yes off the shelf. And I think that's something we don't talk enough about in our, um, you know, in, in our culture that just like a lot of, we eat a lot of processed foods um, yeah. and, and in those processed foods to make them taste better, they put a lot of added sugar. And yeah. so being mindful when I go to the grocery store, I tell if I'm going to pick something up and, you know, you look at the front of the package, cause that looks cool and enticing, but turn it around, look at the, <laughs> and see if it has added sugar And if it does really be thoughtful about, do I really want to put this in my cart and in my body? Right. Because it's, it's, it's the cumulative effect of all of this. It's not just the gummy bears or the apple, or like you said, the pasta or the, the, you know, it's the ketchup. It's the, when you really add it up in total, uh, 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 that's why we're eating so much more sugar than we need, because it's just, it's like, it's ubiquitous. It's like integrated into almost everything that we eat. And so just being a little bit more mindful about, that. I think is really, really important. And something I just wanted to, to bring up in our discussion today.
0: Yeah, no, I love that, man. Now we need to go deeper. We need to get that next episode rolling in the nutritionist. I want that. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Well, thanks, everybody. We really appreciate you joining us for this conversation today. I uh, hope you're enjoying the show so far. As always, please share these episodes with a friend. Uh, as we say, sharing is caring. Uh, and then we're looking forward to having you back for the next episode. We'll talk to you all soon. Take care.
1: Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Wellness for Real People. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you have enjoyed this episode, please hit subscribe. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please share it with them. Sharing is caring. So we just want to thank you for being a part of our community. We got many more episodes to come. And if you have any questions or want to learn more about Can Do Tea, visit us on our website at CanDoTea.com.